The following audio is from Maple City Baptist Church in Chatham, Ontario. For more information about Maple City, please visit us online at maplecitybaptistchurch.com. You find your way to Philippians chapter 3 this morning. Um, I, I have a message prepared from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. That's, that's where we've been, that's where we're going through. And excited about where we find ourselves in chapter 10. Uh, as Paul brings to a conclusion now his argument for Christian freedom and liberty, and, uh, and then looking forward to chapter 11, which is a very hard chapter, a very difficult chapter, and we'll be there eventually as well. But since this day has turned out the way it has, and we do believe it's of the Lord, I want to go a little different direction this morning. Okay, and so those of you who love order, and love dress right dress, um, we're going to rock your world a little bit today, okay? And you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. I'll just read this verse, and then we'll talk a little bit this morning. Paul saying here that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. And Paul's desire, above all things, is that he would know, not just know, mental assent, but he would know Christ. Yesterday, Brother Dan mentioned we had the chance to go with the teenagers um, to Michigan, this Harvest Fest. They have about 1,500 kids there, I guess. It's a huge gathering. And we had a great time. Um, I'm so thankful I was invited to go, but when I say that, I don't think I was invited. I think I just invited myself. Okay? I just said, I'm going to go to this, all right? um, because I really, really like being around our teenagers. I know some of you can't stand teenagers. I know some of you have a hard time because you're raising teenagers, um, but I, strangely enough, I like them. I really do. Well, thank you. Um, so we went yesterday, had a great time. I, I want to tell you this. I, I hope it doesn't come across as bragging, but I think I need to tell you this. They have a bunch of carnival games there. It's a, it's a great setup. And one of the games they have is that game where you take a, a big mallet and you hit the, the, the lever there and it shoots up and it rings a bell at the top, right? Well, I did that yesterday, and I broke it. <laughs> I mean, I shattered it. I mean, that thing went up and hit the bell, and it shattered. I'm not making this up. I have eyewitnesses. People think I'm lying. I am not lying. Molly, did that not happen? Yeah, she was there. Mitchell, Mitchell saw it as well. So just so that you know, you better watch out, all right, because <laughs> had a great time with the young people, great time. And then this morning, we have our junior church with us today, and, and always thrilled to have our junior church. And I'm, I'm amazed that we can sit down together once a month in junior church and get through a service where people listen, the kids listen. They've always done a great job, and I appreciate our young people being here this morning. And, and maybe I'm just going to have you help me this morning, young people, all right? Um, I want you to, to give me some answers this morning. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell me why you go to church. Okay, so if you're here this morning and uh, you have an answer for me, you're a young person. By young, I mean like junior church. Can you tell me this morning why, and, and there's not a wrong answer here. I'm, I'm really just looking for an answer, number of answers. Why 
do you go to church? Do I have any volunteers to say, this is why? Okay, yes, ma'am, go ahead. What's that? To worship God. That's a great answer. It's a really good answer. Good job, Amy. Yes, ma'am. To worship God a second time, which is if it's good the first time, it's better the second time. All right? Good. Yes, sir, Robert. To praise God. That's a good thing. Good. Yes, ma'am. To pray to him and sing to him. These are really good. You guys are smarter than I thought. Okay, yes, ma'am. To obey God? Help me. I believe. Okay, you need, you need the other siblings to interpret sometimes. They can't. To believe. Okay, good. To believe in God. Yes, ma'am. To fellowship with other believers. Okay. Yes, sir. Brendan. To what about God? Good. See what happens when a couple start giving answers and people are just emboldened to do that. Any other? Those are all good answers. Anything else? So, so that would be why you're here today, I would imagine, right, for all those good answers. Now let me ask a question to the adults. Why are you here? Don't raise your hand. No, I know, I know, but just wait. And I'm sure we have lots of right answers. But I want you to think with me this morning. Why are you here? And, and, and just for a minute... Let's put aside some of the answers that we know by rote that we would say. And it wouldn't be the same. I know I'm, I'm not trying to be, but let's just, why are you here this morning? Um, can I be frank with you? I'll let you be Nancy. I'll be frank, all right? <laughs> I don't want to just do church. You know what I mean by that? I don't want to just come and go through the motions, and have the right answers, and say, yeah, this is what we do on Sunday, you know? And, and, and maybe if we're honest this morning, some of us would say, well, I go to church because I'm supposed to go to church. I go to church because I was raised that way. I go to church because maybe it's a social gathering. I've got friends there, and I, I like the people there. Or maybe I'm entertained on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night, and so that's why I go. But can I tell you something? I, I don't know about you, I don't want to just do the church thing. I want to really know Him. Him. And not just with the mental assent, I've got the right answers or I do the right things, but to know in a, in a, in a vibrant, real relationship. I don't know about you this morning, but I really do long for God to do a transforming work in my life through His Spirit and through His Word to make me who He wants me to be. And I'm fearful sometimes that in our churches, in our church, way too many of us, we come for all the wrong reasons. And we come sometimes, and the truth is, it's obvious that this transforming power and work of God has not been happening in our lives. We have believers who when you leave this place on a Sunday, no one from Monday through Saturday would have any clue that you belong to him. We have marriages that just exist. There there is no true growth and love and, and showing a lost and dying world that 
This is how Christ loves His church. Where men give themselves for their wives. I mean, give themselves. Wash them with the Word. Lead them and love them. And are transformed before them into the image of Christ. Where wives love their husbands and respect them and don't act like they're idiots all the time. I know it's difficult, alright? Just... And homes where we're there, but we just, we just, we're just buying our time. We're just existing with one another. We have believers, young people, who when you go to school, by your language and by your actions, no one would ever know that you were part of a church. You're dabbling in pornography and perversion. We have Christian people in this place who, when you go off to work, or with your friends or your family members, there is no, there's no evidence of a transforming work in your heart and life that God is changing you. Now listen to me. I know and I understand that um, we are flesh and we fail and there's not sinless perfection. It doesn't exist this side of heaven. But there is a problem when God's people aren't seeing God's work in their life and then being transformed into the image of Christ. I don't know about you, but when I come here, and not just here, I want to meet with the living God. He's the only hope we have. He's the only answer we have. And if we're just doing church, and we leave this place, and there's not this transforming work of the Spirit of God in our hearts and lives, we don't desire Him, we don't love Him, we couldn't care less about Him or His Word, we just do this, there's a problem with that. I don't want to be a part of a church like that. Where we're just like the world, where there's gossip and criticism, backbiting and division. People can't get along. We can't love people because they're from someplace else or a different side of the tracks or we don't have anything in common. That's nonsense. Can I tell you something? It doesn't matter who you are this morning. If you are in Christ, we have a whole lot in common. Dwayne's a friend of mine, all right? If you know Dwayne, if you've not met him yet, you need to meet Dwayne. Can I tell you something? I have a hunch that Dwayne, you and I don't have a lot in common. Okay? Oh, okay. Okay. We have, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's interested in different things. He's done different things. But can I tell you something? This is my brother in Christ. And God's transforming work for all of us is that he changes us into his image so we can come together as brothers and sisters love each other. Okay? So here's what I'm saying this morning. And I'm not having a nervous breakdown. I'm not having a crisis. Don't, don't get nervous, okay? Like, there he goes again. But, but we, we need to have these moments where we say, okay, wait a minute, what are we doing? What are you doing? Kids, great answers, right answers. I love your answers. But adults, why are we here? What are we doing? Listen, if it's not to meet with the living God and to know Him and have Him through His Spirit and through His Word transform us, then I, t- I tell you something, we are all wasting our time. 
and I don't want to waste my time. I'm getting old. We, we stopped at the, the park the other day with the kids, and my old church, we had a youth group there. And, and, and there were some of these kids that I knew their last names, and I, I remember when they were born. And some lady got, made a smart comment about the gray in my beard, and it was, I'm okay now, though, right? Um, I, I don't have time to mess around. And, and what my prayer is for myself, and what my prayer is for this church, is that we would open our eyes and understand what we're really supposed to be doing, and that more than anything else, we would long to be touched by the living God. The living God. Now, can I ask you a question this morning? When you hear this, and, and because it's not just, I'm coming to church, Lord, touch me. Oh, he touched me. Oh, he touched me. And what a joy. No, wait a minute. I'm talking about I am connecting with the living God in such a way that he is changing me. You know, and I know, in order for that to happen, things in our lives must change. Because He is holy. And I don't know about you, but when I think these thoughts, I get a little nervous, and I'll be honest with you. There are times I'm afraid to surrender all. Maybe you're here this morning like that. And say, Pastor Rick, you know, if you're saved, okay, look, if you're saved, you know what I'm talking about. You, under, you understand when I say, I want to know him. I don't want to play church. I, I want this to be real. I want, I want the transforming power of Christ. You know what I'm talking about. You under, and if you're saved, there is a desire in your heart just for that. It's there. But if you're wicked and fleshly like me, there's a part of us that says, I want this. I, God, I really want this. But I'm not sure if it's worth it. Because you and I know we have to change some things. Let me just talk to you uh, about this lie that we believe. And here's the lie. The lie is that the God of heaven, the God that we serve and love and care for and know and want to know, is somehow trying to keep good from us. That lie is not new. That lie has been around for thousands of years of human history. When Satan said to Adam and Eve, what did God say? Did he say that you couldn't eat of that one tree out of all of them? Man, God is trying to keep you from something good. He knows that you will be like him. And there's too many of us this morning, we believe the same thing. We know in our hearts that God is calling us for more. He's calling us for surrender. He's calling us for obedience. He's calling us to to submit to the transforming power of his word and his spirit. And yet, within our hearts, there's a fear of that, saying, I don't know, God, I'm afraid of what you might make me do. Now, let me alleviate your fears for a moment, and my own fears. This God that we serve is good. He's always good. He's good. And we need not fear surrendering everything to him. My friend this morning, if you're a believer in Christ, I really want you to think today, why are you here? And don't just copy a pet answer that we've heard already. 
And those answers are true, but sometimes we just say those things. Really, what are you here for? Why are you, why are you showing up? What, what's, if you're not here to come in contact as a body and then outside of this place with the living God, then what are we doing? What are we doing? If you're a believer here this morning, I encourage you to do some honest soul searching and say, God, here I am. I know, I want to know you. I long to know you. I desire to, to, to be in tune with you and fellowship with you. And I know there are some things that are holding me back as a man, as a woman, as a husband, a father, as a grandparent. And so, God, I pray that you would today begin to change my desires. Help me to desire you. And then if you're here this morning, listen, without Christ, and you don't know Christ as your Savior, I want to encourage you. What are you doing? Don't be foolish to believe that showing up at a church or being a good person or being baptized is going to take care of your sin problem. It's not. And if it could, then Jesus Christ died in vain. You have to explain the brutality of the cross of Jesus Christ. And what the cross of Jesus Christ shows all of us is that God is holy and he hates and despises all sin. He will deal with all sin. And at Calvary, his wrath was poured out on sin on the head of Jesus Christ. And this morning, if you think that you will take care of your sin problem yourself, it's a slap in the face to Jesus Christ and the sacrifice of God. You must repent. Change your mind. It leads to a change of behavior and believe in Jesus Christ. Paul's prayer was that I might know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. And, and I want us as a church, more than anything else, to be able to say, God, I want you as a man, as a woman as a single adult, as a, as a husband, a father, a parent, a friend. God, I want you more than anything else. And in saying that, I realize that there's going to be some changes in my life. There's some things I need to add. There's some things I need to take away. And by your word and by your spirit, help me to do that. And so, this morning, what are you here for? Really, what are you here for? And Christian, if in your heart there's that, that longing and desire, I beg you to say to God, God, fan that flame. Make me desirable of those things. I've been distracted. I've been looking here, looking there. Help me to get back to what's really important. That I may know him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Let's have a word of prayer this morning. Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you that the God of heaven has spoken and that the God of heaven is speaking. And Lord, you're speaking to your people this morning. Lord, the way we do Christianity is an anomaly. Um, It's not right. Lord, it was never designed to show up and to be done. It's a way of life. It's communion with you. It's seeing the transforming work of the gospel in our hearts and lives. And Father, May we see that here. Forgive us of our sinfulness. Forgive us of our laziness. Forgive us of our complacency. 
Lord, forgive us of, for looking after other things that can never satisfy. Lord, help your people to turn towards you. Lord, turn us, and we will be turned. And so, God, I pray that you would do a work in this place. I pray you do a work in our lives. I pray that as your people, we would be honest as we reflect before you about our life and our purpose and where we're at. And Lord, help us not to be satisfied with the status quo, but Lord, help us to know you and your power, not for ourselves, but for your honor and for your glory. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.